In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Do you? No. What happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached? Well, sure you do. You know all about it. Sunday school curriculums for hundreds of years have laid out all the details of all that Jesus did in that time and in that place after this moment that began his ministry so memorably with such authority and certainty. He did amazing things. With just words, he made people whole again. He gave people who were blind and mute and deaf and compromised in so many different ways from the moment of their birth, full, complete, healthy bodies and minds again. He stopped demons in their tracks just with words. In one case, a man possessed by thousands of them was freed of every last one of them in his right mind, able to praise his God and share his experience with others. Jesus fed thousands and thousands of people out in the middle of nowhere. Jesus stopped storms in their tracks. Jesus raised the dead. How do you know all these things about him? Because not only did the, the Sunday school curriculum formulators, but those who have determined over the course of the history of the Christian church, from Sunday to Sunday, from season to season, what you and I would focus our time and energy on is put together an amazing assortment of accounts of who Jesus is, why he came into our world, what he was able to accomplish, what it means for us. But not just eyewitness accounts of what Jesus actually did, but also the promises and the prophecies that formed an amazing tapestry of research for anyone willing to pursue it all the way back into ancient days, 
the identity of Jesus, the purpose of his coming, the effect it would have on the world around him to this very day. And then you turn to the New Testament epistles and you find again the ministry of Jesus in the crosshairs, but now with detail helping us understand day by day what it means for us in living our lives as those who trust, those who believe, those who have been led to rely on this, this hope of eternal life through this man standing there dripping wet on the shore of the Jordan River that particular day for Peter and those others who would follow him to see and wonder about. Peter makes sure we know in the course of his writings that, that he was an eyewitness, not just to the amazing, miraculous glory of Jesus towards the end of his ministry, but all the way back at the beginning. He was one of those standing with John the Baptist the day after that baptism when John pointed all who would be willing to listen and look and say, there's the man who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Follow him from this point forward. And so you have an eyewitness account of what this is all about. This moment at the very beginning. This appearing in Revelation, this epiphany of Jesus as the one who has come into the world to change everything. But you're not the only one that knows all of this. Isn't it amazing that a, the world is full of people who aren't so sure how they feel about God or think about the things he's recorded in this book we call the Bible, but they still know a lot about Jesus. They, they know that he was an historic person who actually lived, that there is plenty of account to make him equal to any other human being you read of on the pages of history, but that he definitely was different, that he was able to go around doing a lot of good. He clearly had some amazing abilities to heal those who are under the power of the devil, even if they don't know exactly what that all means or, or believe every last word of it. They, they are ready to give him credit as, a, as an amazing teacher, as a, a, a wonderful person, perhaps the best human being that's ever walked the face of the earth. But you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That's what makes your knowledge different. You have the ability to build your confidence, your hope, your certainty. The fact that after this life is over, you know there is another life to come. The fact that this Jesus of Nazareth was the firstborn from the grave who guarantees that you will also rise, that every human being, believing in Jesus or not, will rise to stand face to face to discover what comes next. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, but not just to the people of Israel. Remember how Peter began this whole conversation. 
He's standing in the house of a man named Cornelius, a Roman army officer, to whom God has sent him to share the gospel. God has tried so hard to help Peter understand that that wall, that barrier that God had placed around his chosen people for, for a very long time, more than a thousand years, it was time for that wall to come down. For the Israelites to understand that they were once favored without being favorites. That God had used them for the purpose of bringing this Jesus into the world for the purpose of not just saving the nation of the Israelites, but to save every human being of all time and place that is broken with sin, that has rebelled against God, that has darkness lurking in his or her heart, understanding their own words and attitudes to be disruptive to their lives and relationships. No one really believes they're perfect. Some insist upon it for the purpose of just pushing their brokenness further away so they don't have to think about it or deal with it on a daily basis. But the reality is, we all know. We all know deep down inside the mess we make of things, even when we're trying our very best on some of the biggest days of our lives. We fail. We fail in so many ways. But the hardest of all the failures is the way we fail the people around us. That way we would least like to fail. And that takes us so quickly and, and, and so completely to the throne of God to ask that question, why am I this way? And God's honesty with us in his word is everybody is that way. You've all made a great big mess of things that you can't solve for yourselves. You're never going to earn your way to me and life with me. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much word you've known from the time you were born. If you were an Israelite that went to Saturday school every single synagogue Sabbath day, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've been at this particular moment when you come to the realization of what you know you need to be for God to be happy with you, for God to be including you in his eternal plan of life after this. That you depend upon him not showing favoritism because if he does, that cauldron bubbling in the heart, that deep, dark space inside of you, you know disqualifies you. That if God shows favoritism, I'm cooked. If you're being honest, you know you are too. And yet, God accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right does what is right in response to everything that God has proclaimed to that individual, to you. You see on the pages of Scripture your brother, Jesus Christ, who is so very human in so many amazing ways. And while you wonder what it must have been like to live with him, to be his younger sibling, 
to be one of his disciples following him everywhere he went, you also know enough about him to know that was the most different of experiences any humans have ever had because he was perfect. He was flawless. He was beyond reproach. Every word he spoke only helped, only healed, only challenged the things that needed to be challenged in human lives regarding who we are and what we're really like before God and what God's answer to that is. Good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Yes, it all starts at that baptism. Think about that for a moment. You've been baptized. Jesus was baptized. What's the difference between those two baptisms? He wants you to know not one little thing. When John stopped him, John who knew him well, John who knew him his entire life, says, wait a minute, Jesus, you've got to be kidding me. You're coming to me for baptism? You're expecting me to wash you? There's nothing wrong with you. There's no sin there. There's nothing to wash away. And Jesus says, no, 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 John, you've got to do this. You've got to do this for both of us. You've got to do this for you, John. You've got to do this for all humanity so that we fulfill all righteousness, that everything that is required of God, every expectation of God is met perfectly in me so that in my being baptized, John, the authority to baptize every other human being so that when little words, the name of the triune God are spoken with simple water from a pretty cool spot like that, actually washes away sin, actually creates faith, actually connects to the miracles, all the other miracles, but the miracle of faith being the biggest and most important. And so John does baptize Jesus to fulfill all righteousness. And so your baptism means something for you as well. It connects you to Jesus. It makes you a part of the brotherhood and sisterhood of, of his siblings that are a part of an eternal family, a, an eternal kingdom that includes you forever. That's a pretty amazing message that you know because of all the things you know about Jesus all those details put in front of you by eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses that saw all kinds of interesting things. Blinding glory at the end of Jesus' ministry. But in this moment, as Jesus begins, as they need to follow him, listen to him, proclaim what he proclaimed, they immediately have all the evidence they need to see the authority and the power. Because it comes to them in a way that is dazzling and brilliant and memorable. A voice. The Father himself from heaven saying, This is my Son. I love him. I'm pleased with him. God doesn't say that about any other human being, ever. But he says that about his son. He says that about our brother Jesus because he is the one who has met God's demands perfectly. 
Be certain of what that means for you today. You can have no doubt that someone has been perfect for you. Not just between the moment of this anointing, this being placed before us as the chosen one, the only one, the singularly approved one to do this work from this point till the moment he dies. No, what you have here is the Father telling you, look at this Jesus and realize. From the moment he was conceived in the womb of Mary, from long before that, he is my son, whom I love, who is flawless, perfect, the one who can make this difference in the world that you need him to make for you. And so there isn't just the Father's thunderous voice echoing through the hills on either side of the River Jordan, but as Jesus stands there dripping wet, the Holy Spirit also descends. Now that doesn't happen every day. How many times had those who were witnesses in that moment ever physically seen the Holy Spirit? We know that they would again. On the day of Pentecost, they would hear the wind. They would see the flames of fire. They would see and understand the presence of the Holy Spirit in an entirely new and different way. But in this moment, he chooses the form of a dove to not just fly around and create some interest in the storyline, but to land specifically on Jesus. To leave no doubt that when the Father is telling us he's He's delighted with his son, and we should listen to his son, that this is the one who bears the power, the authority of the word itself. The Holy Spirit had been weaving together the words in detail from the very beginning. It took a long time for the very first words to be actually recorded on something physical that other human beings could read, but God took great detail and attention investment in making that happen through Moses. And from that day forward, the collective gathered Old Testament was adding layer upon layer of detail after detail. If you were just to use one of the great prophets, the major prophets, Isaiah, and were just to spend your lifetime scouring all the details of just the prophecies he gives about Jesus, you would have all you need to know about his identity and his purpose and his ministry. But there's a whole bunch of other major prophets. And then there's all the minor prophets too. Not minor in their importance, but more in their length and in their moment in doing the work they did for God. But never forget, those aren't the only ones allowed to tell you the story that God wants you to hear about who this Jesus is and what he has come to do. And so in this moment, with the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus, he's making sure you connect this Jesus to every word of God ever recorded, for he isn't just the one about whom it was recorded. But John would later explain in his gospel writing, the disciple John, that this was the very personification of that word the Word becoming human flesh for the purpose of presenting God's glory to us in the form of forgiveness and eternal life. This means something. We, we've just celebrated one of the biggest days of the year. We, we need to acknowledge Jesus arriving for all kinds of reasons. I mean, if, 
if angels are appearing to tell the world something's happening, it's probably a good idea to have at least one day annually where we repeat that news and celebrate that arrival. And now here, having taken a couple of weeks at one of the darkest periods of the calendar year to acknowledge the brilliant light of what this all means, this, this star, the angels, the, the, the magi, all of it. Now we cut straight to the heart of the matter. What is this all about from this point forward? What is Jesus going to show us? What is he going to do for us? What is he going to offer us? The one anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power is going to tell us everything. Everything that any of us needs to know to be right with God, to be forgiven of every one of our sins, to be made as whole and healthy as any person that ever stepped in front of Jesus and asked him for a miracle of healing. There will come a moment when every last broken thing about us will be perfect and flawless and made eternal. The moment after we experience death or the return of Jesus, you and I will know flawless perfection. You and I will know complete fulfillment. We will know ourselves perfectly, which is a huge step in the right direction. And we will know our God face to face without any uncertainty anymore of what this all means and how we are supposed to live as a result. He took amazing care to fulfill every detail, to make sure you have eyewitness accounts of what it all is and what it all means, that you have a word of certainty that speaks you righteous and that offers you eternal life that offers you power over death, a confidence in the face of loss and pain. Anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. If that's all you ever knew about Jesus, that would be enough. But clearly, he wants you to know so much more. And so he points you to all that has happened and invites you to take this amazing journey with him as he walks from this shore of Jordan and walks across lives and across space to the cross where he makes the sacrifice for you where he offers his life as the atoning price for your sins so that when he rises on the third day, you have glorious certainty of a hope that will never fade. Take the journey with Jesus. Find out in the months to come what it means. How adding all the details of everything that happened from this moment onward changes everything about Jesus, changes everything about you. Amen. Please stand. Now grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen.